So welcome to this episode of the Dental Assistant Nation podcast powered by Ignite DA. My name is Kevin Henry, the co-founder of Ignite DA. As always, thank you for joining us no matter where you found this podcast and so thrilled to be once again joined by a dear friend and dental pharmacology expert, Tom Viola. Tom, my friend, how are you? Kevin, I'm doing good, my friend. How are you doing? I am good. You know, I am not a guy that suffers from allergies. I'm very blessed by that, Tom, you know, uh, in this crazy world. So pollen has never been a big thing to, to drive me crazy, but I know a lot of people are impacted by that. And you and I were talking before we did the podcast, you found something very interesting when it comes to that uh, thing in spring that can drive so many people batty. Did you hear me sniffling on your end of the... <laughs> <laughs> you know, just uh, the blowing of the nose right before we started maybe helped. Yeah, just a guess. <laughs> Pretty obvious. I've been obvious my whole life, so there's nothing new with that. But it's okay. <laughs> People say I wear my heart on my sleeve this time. I wear my nose on my sleeve. No, that's pretty disgusting. Hey, we, <laughs> you know, my grandpa said that's why God made sleeves one time. That's <laughs> uh, yeah, a whole other story. So anyway. <laughs> well, I will tell you, this one did catch my attention because I suffer from this seasonal allergy thing. And I'm thinking, wow, pollen and, and SARS-CoV-2, how's that even close? But yeah. it's, it's not, not without merit. Uh, some scientists say they've noticed a pattern. Uh, to the recovering wave, recurring waves of SARS-CoV-2 infections around the globe. So they seem to think that as pollen levels increased in outdoor air in 31 countries, no less, in those 31 countries, COVID-19 cases accelerated. Now, the reason why that's somewhat surprising and controversial is other studies have actually pointed in the op opposite direction, suggesting that peaks in the pollen seasons coincide with a fall off in the spread of respiratory viruses like COVID-19, like influenza. And to further muddy the waters, there's even been some evidence to suggest that pollen may actually compete with the virus that causes COVID-19 and may actually help prevent infection. So, of course, what's the answer, right? Right. And, and right now, docs don't really understand what makes some viruses, uh, more like the flu virus, circulate in seasonal patterns to begin with. There are very many theories. Obviously, one, one of them resolves around the... Uh, temperature and humidity, okay? So we've heard this one during the uh, winter months and even the late fall months with uh, uh, COVID-19, that viruses tend to prefer colder, drier air, mm -hmm. uh, something that's thought to help them spread more easily in the winter months, which makes sense, right? But also people are exposed to less sunlight during the winter. And so they spend more time indoors and therefore you know, that, that means there's some natural shielding because they're just indoors more. So. We don't know, is it, is it because that they're not getting ultraviolet light? Uh, and so they're, they're sort of indoors and that pr protects them? Or is it the fact that the ultraviolet light actually kills some of the viruses and that protects them? So it's so confusing. We don't really know what the answer is. But the new study, the newest study that's been published uh, was in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences, which is a pretty respectable uh, organization. I'd say so, yeah. And they add a whole new variable. Uh, they say... They took data from 248 airborne pollen monitoring sites in 31 countries. It took into account things like density in the population, temperature, humidity, and even lockdown orders. And they said that when pollen in an area spiked, so did the infections, but with an average lag of about four days. So they see pollen accounting for, on average, 44% of the infection rate variability between countries. 
that's just wild to think about, you know, and, and you and I have talked in past po- past podcasts, I should say, about how much we still don't know about COVID-19 and how much we're going to learn as the years go along about this. But I will be fascinated to see what that connection ends up being, uh, you know, because I, I'm always the guy that, you know, again, it's never bothered me. So me going outside, you know, isn't yeah. that big a deal. But I know that going outside is also supposed to be good for us with this battle against COVID-19, you know, the fresh air, the not being enclosed environment, all that stuff. Yes. Maybe there's, maybe it's not the greatest thing. Who knows? Well, see, that's the thing. If I hadn't read this study and you would ask me, you know, over a soft drink, perhaps, hey, Tom, (laughs) (laughs) what do you think about uh, pollen and contributing to respiratory infections? I would have said to you, that makes sense. Kevin, when you think about it, because think about it, viruses can hitch a ride, right? On these very, very small pollen grains, you breathe them in, right? They travel into our mouth, eyes, nose, and of course, in our lungs. And so wouldn't they therefore start sort of an inflammatory response similar to COVID-19? And wouldn't that therefore sort of perturb our immune defenses and, and, and sort of rustle things up, even if you weren't allergic to it? Yeah. So I guess it makes sense when you think about it that the pollen could contribute to it. But like everything in this COVID-19 world, the life cycle on news is so short that you and I could have this podcast today and a week from now someone could say, no, that's not true anymore. So, <laughs> well, I, I've been surprised how many studies that you've found that we've talked about on this podcast and I've, I've seen you talk about in other places as well. And it's you're right. It's so The information changes so quickly, but it also multiplies you know we can be talking about this and it just gets swallowed under this wave of oh wait now this or we found this it's crazy the good news my friend the one thing that i can say for sure is uh, sort of reassuring to me and again people are are torn on this so i don't want to make any waves but if nothing else this is another good reason to wear your mask all the time when you're outside right yeah masks block pollen because they're you know they're larger particle sizes than, than viruses in my, at least in my understanding. So at least the masks do a, a great job of blocking pollen. So therefore, they may block uh, the pollen that's got a virus hitching a ride as well. You know, and, and it's really interesting you bring that up because, you know, I was just at the uh, Rockies baseball game over the weekend. Uh, you know, everybody's outside yet. Of course, the requirement is if you're in your seat, you're still wearing your mask. And I know a lot of people are going, why? That's silly. We're in our own little pod, you know, blah, blah, blah. But like you said, maybe this is a reason right here why that needs to happen. And I think that matters to dentistry because, you know, we in dentistry deal with lots of different people, a wide swath of population, even if it is in our own, you know, neighborhoods and, and, and places where we end up setting up our practices. But the bottom line is those people have come in contact with so many other people. And pollen is very sticky. So as you know, if you've been in a high pollen area, you get out in the morning and your car is just covered in the stuff. So you can imagine that if people are coming from all different areas and, and sort of, if you will, descending on a dental practice from all parts of wherever they were, bringing pollen with them on their coats and maybe on their shoes and other you know things that they wear, they don't necessarily wash on a regular basis or, or you know dry clean on a regular basis. That pollen ends up in the office. And now, with the virus hitching a ride, it's even more important for us, not only to protect our patients, but to protect ourselves because that pollen is inevitably in the air, whether you know we got it from our local neighborhood or beyond. 
Such a great point. It absolutely is. And I'll take it kind of a different direction here just for a second and throw you a little bit of a curveball maybe. But we know with pollen becomes a lot of folks taking medications to battle that. And, and just that quick elevator pitch reminder of what that means for dental professionals as they prepare for pollen season in so many parts of the country. I thought you'd never ask. Get <laughs> <laughs> back to medications, really? <laughs> well, all right then. You know, I didn't think you'd mind too much, but I thought, hey, I'd still at least warn you the curveball is coming. So. <laughs> I appreciate that, but that, that's a home run right there. That's, that's beautiful. Uh, I, I will say that, um, you know, it, it goes without saying for a lot of you uh, nice folks out there who do uh, follow the podcast that I've often said, along with Kevin here, that, you know, taking a medical history is so important. And, and people tend to overlook the stuff they buy over the counter uh, for, let's say, seasonal allergies, cough, cold, that kind of thing, uh, because they don't look at them as medications. They don't look at them as drugs. So they overlook them or tend to overlook them when they fill out their medical history. But it's so important for you when you take that medical history to ask about the things that they may not they may take that don't require a prescription, uh, because that way you can get a full handle on the fact that they're taking, let's say, Benadryl, and that causes xerostomia, or they're taking uh, Claritin or Zyrtec, and, and that can influence their heart rate. So there's lots of, of little caveats here, but the, the most important thing is, if I know my patient's taking something over the counter to treat their their allergy symptoms, be it, as I said, an antihistamine like Benadryl or Claritin, or even a decongestant like Sudafed, which can raise blood pressure and raise heart rate, uh, it's important for me to ask those three questions. And I'll say them again, just because I think you're ready to vomit, Kevin, you've heard them so many times, but uh, here they are. You know, the three questions are always, first, what do you take? Don't use the D word, drug. Don't use the M word, medication. Just what do you take? And let them tell you what it is they take, right? And that'll take in everything. It'll take in the over-the-counter stuff. That'll take in the dietary supplements, the, sub the substances they use on the weekends, all that stuff that they use on a regular basis, right? Then the next thing is what? The next thing is, uh, why do you take it? You know, do you know why you take the medication? And, and you know, maybe that helps you, the, the, that person fill in the blank. You know, they forgot to mention that they take, you know, uh, Sudafed, right, for their stuffiness, and then realize when they're, when you say, why do you take it? Oh, yeah, that's right. I've got allergies. I forgot to mention that. And, of course, the third question is, did you take it today? Because you can tell me you're taking any one of the medications I've mentioned so far, but if you didn't take it today, it may not matter as much. And if you did take it today, it could matter greatly. Great stuff, man. And I'll tell you, I thought about you this past week. I actually went in for my six-month cleaning. And I'm taking a, a supplement from GNC. And it's got tons of what's in it. So I actually took the box in and showed it to my hygienist. And I said, hey, just so you know... You know, I'm that crazy over 50 guy taking a supplement here, but I had to laugh a little bit thinking about you. And, and she she was very appreciative, obviously, uh, you know, to at least know that that was there and, you know, took a little photo with the phone to, you know, check it out. So, yeah, I thought about you and I'm like, I know not every patient thinks like this, but still, I was glad that you put that in my mind. Anytime I can help my friends in dentistry, you know, it's important for me to spread the word. That's why I form my company. That's why I do what I do every day, Kevin. But it's also working with you, buddy. You, you get the word out there. You've always elevated uh, dental assisting and dentistry. Uh, and I'm happy to be working with you now because these are the things I hope stick in people's minds every time they're in practice or, you know, every time they're out there working with patients. 
Well, it's such timely info, Tom. I mean, obviously springtime coming, you know, in, in so many parts of the country, uh, you know, those trees budding, everything else coming out. And I know a lot of folks uh, are going to be battling things. So, so uh, good stuff. And obviously you always uh, keep good stuff coming out there, uh, whether that's on your blog, whether that's through uh, the podcast you do with me, other places, where do they find Tom Viola? I'm just curious. Uh, I think the best place to find me is at TomViola.com, <laughs> original name for a website. <laughs> it's easy to remember. I'm telling you that, man. I'm telling you. Even for me, it's easy to remember. Yeah. So it's uh, <laughs> TomViola.com. Check me out. You can find all sorts of there. My blog, which uh, I'd love to be able to say more people read. But, you know, right now it's uh, it's just all about pharmacology. Not many people find pharmacology that interesting, but hopefully uh, I'm putting a lot of information out there that you will find interesting. Uh, you could take CE courses uh, on demand anytime to get your credits whenever you need them. Uh, you can read the posts that I've made, you know, on social media. You can read about uh, articles I've written, uh, even videos I've uh, put together on subjects. And bottom line, check me out on social media as well. So everywhere at Pharmacology Declassified. I'll never forget, I was listening to you, I was sitting in the back of the room, you know, I know nobody does that at a dental meeting, or at least, you know, back in the day, uh, but I was sitting in the back of the room and I was listening to you and I remember the lady in front of me leaned over to the lady that she was with and said, I'm glad somebody keeps up on this, you know, and, and, and I was like, that's exactly the point. There's so much that these dental professionals need to know and it's just so nice that somebody like you has their back whenever it comes to such important information about medications and the impact that they can have on, on so many levels of that patient visit. Thank you, my friend. It means a lot to me. Hey, thanks for everything you do for the professions of dentistry, dental assisting, dental hygiene, dentistry in general. You, you elevate us, buddy, every day. You make hey. us better than what we are in, in practice every day. So it, it, well, you know as well as I do, I'm a big together we rise, and that's you, that's our listeners, that's everybody. Uh, you know, everybody who's working to make this easier, better, safer, you know, I mean, uh, I, I'm obviously very thankful. So, and, and certainly we appreciate all of you who listen to these podcasts, support them. Uh, you know, we always love to hear what you're thinking. So certainly feel free to drop me a line through the Ignite DA Facebook page. Uh, certainly we love those ratings. We love the comments, anything that you're liking that you hear, anything you want me to talk to Tom about in a future podcast, happy to do that. But until next time, Kevin Henry, co-founder of Ignite DA signing off. Wishing you great health ahead. Together we rise.